your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Kylie, it's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN, and we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line while we are having a rave here in the studio, apparently. Get your, get <laughs> your joined uh, glow sticks out right now. By Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for the Athletics. She's joining us here on the show as she does each and every Monday. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How you doing today? BK, Alex, what is good? How are you guys? Doing fantastic. So let's start with the obvious, which is, so is Tommy Edmond just an all-star caliber shortstop now? Tommy Edmond, believe it or not, entered Sunday's game against the Reds with the top overall war in baseball, 3.6. Let me, I'm going to compare some names in the top 10, and I want you guys to tell me if you think that these players are good. These are players that Tommy Edmond, again, as the number one player, or number one war in baseball, has beat out. Okay, so we'll, we'll give you a yes yeah. or a no, a verbal yes or no, if they're good. Do you want sarcasm, okay. Katie, or do you not want sarcasm? <laughs> no, we got to be serious here. Oh, okay, serious. Okay, serious I'm segment. putting on my game face. Sorry. Okay, ready. You ready? Paul Goldschmidt? No, Paul Goldschmidt. Is he good? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course he is. Hall of Famer. Manny Machado. Yes. He, he's quite good. He's very yes. good, I've heard. I would take him. Mike Trout. Uh-huh, oh. yep, pretty good. He's a legend. Can't confirm. And he's a great commissioner in fantasy football. Not a big fan of ESPN League, though. So. Or Tommy Pham. All right, last one, guys. Is she speaking? Is she talking? Do we have a bad connection? Katie, who is it? I can hear you. Who is it? Who's the <laughs> final one, Katie? Who was the last one? You're leaving us on, our, on yeah, edge. Are you going, like, deep tees here? No, I'm sorry. I'm messing with connection for you guys. Do we think Mookie Betts is good? Oh, yes, yeah, yes, he's, yes. He's Mookie great. Betts is v- very good. Phenomenal. Also a, a tremendous uh, defender. Bowler. Is he? Yes. He's a great bowler. Yeah. Huh. Multiple 300 games. A little weird how you know that. Your guys, this question. Yes. <laughs> Tommy Edmond is an all-star caliber player. It doesn't seem to matter where the position he, or where he, where the position is, where he bats in the order. He can pretty much do it all. We saw this on Saturday. First career walk-off home run. Cardinals had absolutely no business winning that game, yet they did. Um, and it's been pretty exciting to see the evolution of Tommy Edmond over the last two seasons, where I still think he is one of the most underrated uh, players in the game, but it's slowly but surely, I think, climbing up the rankings of notoriety. Notoriety, I should say. Katie, has he wiped away any consideration? And I know this is just us talking right now, but has he wiped away any consideration of anybody else trying to take that shortstop position away from him? Is that his position now? I think what makes Tommy Edmond, as uh, Nolan Arnotta would say, you know, the guy that you think about when you think of the Cardinals, I think what makes him 
plays so well for this team and fit into this mold is that he doesn't need a defined position. And we've seen the Cardinals be so fluid in roster roles and defensive positioning. He can play anywhere they need him to, whether that's second base, shortstop, he's a fourth outfielder. I mean, he's played all three outfield positions before. So as as well as he's handled the move to shortstop, I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily committed to him being the everyday shortstop, and that's not a knock on what he's been doing. It's the fact that he is so flexible and can go anywhere that they don't want to limit him to one position. And that really works when you look at what the Cardinals have depth-wise, when you look at their prospects like Brendan Donovan, when you look at him in the Sosa. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to Paul DeYoung while he's doing in AAA. Yep. Tommy Edmond is just so flexible that I think that contributes to his overall value. So, no, I don't think that he's locked up the shortstop position, but that's not meant in a negative connotation. It's just that he's so good anywhere. Why limit him to one place? So that's where I wanted to get to next, Katie. We might as well just go straight there. What are the plans for Paul DeYoung? He had another home run yesterday, three this weekend. He has seven in the last 12 days for him. And in that stretch, he's batting 333 eight home runs, 19 RBIs. He's been tearing the cover off of the ball down in Memphis. Is he going to be back up with the big league club before too long? And if so, what do you think his role is when he gets here? I think it's a little bit too early to tell, but I will say that he certainly is forcing the narrative. And that's exactly what John Mazzalek and the Cardinals wanted Paul to do when they optioned him down the AAA. They did not set a definitive timetable for his return. They wanted a straight up, no pressure environment for him to truly like reinvent and refine himself, really, because the Paul DeYoung we've seen over the last 18 months has been nowhere close to what he resembled in 2019 and 2020 before the COVID season or before he's suffering the bout of COVID that he did. And it takes some time, as we know. It certainly seems to have reinvented himself, at least in the sample size over the last three weeks. I talked to Paul very briefly yesterday. He said things have been a lot better. He's finding some consistent contact. And I asked if there was anything specific that he felt like had really attributed to that. And he was pretty honest in saying his posture, which was something that he was working on in April at the big league level, and an overall trust in his approach. He's focusing on driving everything to center field. We've seen Paul DeYoung's power come to all fields. That's when Paul DeYoung is at his best. I think that he will continue to force consideration, and that's ultimately, again, what the Cardinals want him to do. When he comes up, I don't, or if he comes up, I should say, I think the organization still believes that there is a way to play Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, and Nolan Gorman, who they still very much believe is their long-term starting second baseman at the same time. Will they have to continue getting flexible with Brendan Donovan? Of course, because at this point, I don't think you can justify sending Brendan Donovan down, really. But... If Paul, if Paul DeYoung continues to contribute this offensively and give the Cardinals every reason to bring him back up, I mean, look at what they're paying him. They certainly want him at the big league club. And overall, I mean, he's just so well-respected in that organization. I think they'll bring him up. But, again, this goes into the overall flexibility, and it also goes into the perks of having a DH in the National League. Yes, I'm finally on board with that. <laughs> I think that there's, <laughs> there's an ability to kind of finagle those four in DeYoung, Edmund, Gorman, and Donovan, where they can all receive consistent playing time. I do think if Paul comes back to the Cardinals at the major league level, I don't see him being the everyday starting shortstop, but I see him getting substantial playing time. I I know the cliche answer to this, Katie, is, uh, you know, well, these things always work themselves out, but you're not a president of baseball operations, so so I don't expect that answer from you. If Paul DeYoung is brought back up, does that pretty much signify the end for either Edmundo Sosa or Corey Dickerson? Well, these things often have a way of shaking themselves out. Come on, Katie! (laughs) I'm totally kidding. Uh, No, they're difficult decisions to have but that's what the cardinals wanted that's what this front office wanted we talked about this before you guys 2022 
has always been a prime window of contention for so many multiple factors. But a huge driving force in that proclamation was their top prospects being major league ready, and not just major league ready, but actively contributing at the club. John Mazzalek's philosophy has always been, if you're a young player and you're up, you're, you need to play. That's why we've seen Lars Newfar go down to AAA when there was a logjam in the outfield, because he's young, he needs the experience, he needs the consistency, he needs to play. The best place to do that for him is AAA. I do think that there is kind of a, a difficult talk for what this means. If, if Paul DeYoung forces his way back onto the club on what that means with Sosa, how are they going to finagle that other roster spot? You know, is Juan Yepes better served finding a better approach in AAA? What does that mean? Um, I think the Cardinals do have some very difficult decisions to make over the next couple of weeks, but isn't that what you want from an organization? Think where, we, where this team was a year ago. Their best reserve outfielder was their gold glove winning second baseman. They had virtually nobody else and don't even start on the pitching. So overall, I think this is a much more enjoyable problem to have from a fan perspective, at least. Katie Wu is our guest here on 101 ESPN for another couple of minutes. Katie, I did want to ask you about Tyler O'Neill because since he returned to the lineup, he's been quite good. He's batting 333. He's got a home run. He has a double. Nine of his 18 batted balls have been at least 95 miles an hour off of the bat. So that means based on the stat cast numbers, he's got a 50% hard hit rate, which is very good. That's where you want to see Tyler O'Neill. Is he back? And if so, have you talked to him or anybody around the Cardinals to indicate what has changed for him since his return? I think it's just a refreshed mental set. I mean, we saw Tyler O'Neill in the first six weeks of the season. He looked nothing like what he turned in at the end of 2021. I think Tyler O'Neill has described himself as a feel hitter. You know, once he has that feel, it's really easy for him to, to build off of that and figure out what's working for him and what's not. But when he loses that feel, it can be difficult to scramble and, and find back. And what I appreciate about Tyler is while he acknowledged the arbitration case and dealing with that throughout the season, remember that's very unusual to have to deal with arbitration in season. Definitely played a toll on, on where he was mentally, but he was not one to use that as an excuse. He said, overall, I just lost my feel. I can't find it. I'm working on different things. Nothing seems to be working. And you could kind of see that developing into a tailspin. So, of course, you always want your, your best players to be healthy. You never wish injuries on anyone. But it, I feel like it serves Tyler well to take some time off, regroup, refresh, work on a swing of a couple rehab assignments in AAA and come back. So I know it's only been six games, handful of plate appearances, but that swing, the, the analytics, the metrics, all resemble a lot more of what the Cardinals believe they would see in April. I do think Tyler at this point is better served in the middle of the lineup, maybe 6-7 rather than the three-hole. But the good thing about that we know about Ollie Marmol's lineup construction is that He's willing to shake it up. So I've been encouraged by what we've seen by Tyler O'Neill. I would expect it to continue, but these are obviously trends to monitor going forward. Uh, Katie, let's stick on the rehab assignment conversation and Jack Flaherty. I really wasn't expecting him back until around the All-Star break. Uh, Should we expect him back sooner than that? I always want to tread carefully because the Cardinals have been so insular about their their timetable with Jack, and that is because there really isn't a definitive timetable. It's always been about recovery, health, long-term goal. But talking to Jack yesterday, I think that if he was given the green light to go pitch today at, for the Cardinals, he would feel like he could do it 100%. He said this is the best he's felt since 2019. We know what he did in 2019 with that ridiculous, sensational second half. Um, of course, he's only at 60 pitches. He did point out that in, in prior stints, Starting pitchers have come back without being on their full stretched out pitch count. I think there's reasonable optimism, but let's let's call, let's label it cautious optimism. 
that he could be back depending if things go well in his third rehab start, slated for 75-ish pitches with AAA Memphis on Wednesday. Uh, but I do think that it's it's time to get excited about a return for Jack Flaherty. But ultimately, if the medical team, if the Cardinals believe that he would be better served for their long term, remember this is a guy that they are talking about for, to carry them throughout the second half into what they hope is a deep postseason run. If they think one more rehab start is beneficial in the long run, they will certainly do that. Although, like I said, I think Jack would pitch today if he could. Katie, final question that I've got for you is about Andre Pallante, who on Friday night, uh, Ollie Marmold had to almost hide his smile from his face as he took the ball from him in the sixth inning. And then afterwards just said, like, that was really fun. I just really enjoyed watching Andre Pallante pitch. That's kind of how I felt about it, too. And I felt that way all season long. He's just been such a pleasant surprise to me. What have you made of what Andre Pallante has been able to do thus far, especially as a guy who it seems like they've used him in 17 different roles and all of them. He's kind of like the Tommy Edmond of the pitching staff where he just makes it work somehow. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Andre Pallante because I think he's just been so exciting. When you talk about the prospect depth that the Cardinals have had, you obviously think about Gorman Liberatore. Now Thompson, of course, had his first start today. Andre Pallante has, was truly never super highly regarded, was in the top 30 rankings, low or low mid-high 20s uh, throughout his very short minor league career. But what Pallante has been able to do, I think when you're looking at, and I try not to compare players too much, but I think it's a fair comparison to Hicks, he's been able to have that ability to go long because he has come up through the rankings as a starting pitcher. And he has the arsenal that plays, and he has the fastball with the cut movement that's unpredictable yet still controlled. And while Jordan, by all means, has all the talent and, and all the allure of being a starter, I think the more practical goal at this point is to put Pallante in the rotation, at least until Jack or Steven Matz comes back. And when Jordan is healthy, move him to the bullpen. Because I think, one, it allows for a quicker return for Jordan Hicks. You don't have to ramp up to a full starter's workload. Two, I think Jordan Hicks's high velocity and really two-pitch mix profiles very well in that bullpen. And three, let's take, for example, yesterday's game. If you have a guy, Dakota Hudson was pretty much stretched to go seven innings because the Cardinals don't really have someone they feel like they could take the middle innings now that they moved Pallante, who was that guy, to the rotation. If you, Dakota Hudson, I don't think the line was as egregious, or the, I don't think his style was as egregious as the line would say. But, you know, probably shouldn't have gone out for the seventh inning. That's a spot for Jordan Hicks. That's a spot where you could hold the game and maybe those three innings play out a little bit different. Um, I have been encouraged. I know Ali Marmel and John Mazalek have been very encouraged with what Andre Pallante has done. He prototypes well as a starter. Cardinals need to be a little bit experimental with their rotation over the next couple of weeks. But I think it's almost definitive to say that the roles between Pallante and Hicks will flop. And once Hicks is healthy, I think there'll be an overall better bullpen. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's It's been cool because last year at this time we were talking about how the Cardinals were in complete free fall because they're pitching there was nobody that stepped up internally and to see somebody kind of take this by the horns it, it, that's been what's most fun about Andre Pallante thus far Katie we're looking forward to reading your coverage over at the athletic as long as you don't melt out in the 127 degree heat oh my goodness week. yikes we wish you the best of luck out there thanks so much as always for hopping on with us today Thank you, boys. I will need it, especially with that very fun day-night doubleheader tomorrow in the triple-digit heat. Love it. I'll see you guys over the week at the ballpark. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. 
Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.